And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, May the 17th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on May 17, 1954, a unanimous U.S. Supreme Court handed down its Brown versus Board of Education of Topeka. That's a decision which held that racially segregated public schools were inherently unequal and therefore unconstitutional. Today in 1536, no, I don't remember that. Perhaps some of you do. Kidding. Today in 1536, Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas uh, Cranmer, he declared the marriage of, of England's King Henry VIII to Anne Boleyn invalid because she failed to produce a male heir. Bolin had already been condemned for high treason, so two days later, they executed her. Today in 1946, President Harry S. Truman seized control of the nation's railroads. He delayed, but he did not prevent a threatened strike by the engineers and the trainmen. Today in 1973, Senate began its televised hearings into the Watergate scandal, Today, in 1996, President Bill Clinton signed a measure requiring neighborhood notification when sex offenders moved into that neighborhood. That was that came as a result of Megan's Law. It was a young girl that had been murdered by a sex offender who'd been released in I think it was New didn't I think she was in New Jersey. I'm not sure. Today, in 2004, Massachusetts became the first state to allow same-sex marriages. That, of course, was under the leadership of His Moral Highness, Governor Mitt Romney. One year ago today, the Supreme Court agreed to consider an abortion rights case by hearing a challenge to a Mississippi abortion law that would ban abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. That is the decision that is creating all of the havoc in our culture today. They have made their decision. They say we're going to learn about it officially, probably the first part of June, just before they um, shut up their shop for the summer. Um, we saw the leak, and if the, if the justices stay with what they were talking about among themselves in that leaked document that we not all, all of us know about now, uh, it's going to be a blow, probably a fatal blow to Roe v. Wade as we've known it. But it's not going to eliminate abortion. I wish it did. I pray for that day. But this doesn't do that. But it does put it back to the states where the people make the decision, not the Supreme Court. And that's what the Supreme Court is, has said, uh, apparently are going to say, based on that document that we all know about. Um, they're simply saying, we're not going to decide, you are going to decide, the people are going to decide, state by state. And that's what these people are, are so worked up about. Um, they don't want the people to decide because they keep putting these numbers out there, like, well, 60% of America believe abortion should be legal, and on and on and on. But they cherry-pick information and parts of some of these um, surveys that are done and they're giving uh, America kind of a false, I, I, I believe, 
a false sense of how America really feels about abortion. Uh, there's a lot of data that shows that that's not necessarily the way people feel across America. I'm not saying we're pro-life. We should be with our founding documents and the reason that we even exist. We should not have any room for abortion, but that's not the case. But I don't think America is the far left machine of progressive so-called politics that we see presented in the news media. That's how the news media enables the far left. And uh, it's interesting, interesting the day that in which we are living. There's a lot going on. That's why we try to keep you updated. Did you hear this morning on the news that the, um, the Pentagon this morning had a hearing they declass. Uh, it was about. They didn't do it today, but it, they've been declassified photos. But they had this hearing. It, it was. It was uh, not open. I don't think it was open to the press, or part of it was open to the press, part of it wasn't. It was just a, about an hour or so ago, and uh, they were talking about these videos that the Air Force and Navy have of UFOs, and uh, it, there's this one object in particular. They said in one brief but a, a shaky uh, video, somebody that saw it, they said this small object appears to zip right past a, one of our military pilots in a fighter jet. And uh, in a separate video, <laughs> they have this video, a similar photo taken at the time, these glowing triangles. And uh, I was looking at a little bit of that earlier this morning. And you can see them in the night sky. They said the reason they're green is because they had night vision you know, goggles or whatever focused on them, and that made them green. They weren't necessarily a green color, but they certainly existed. And they're glowing in the night sky, and they move quickly, and they can move kind of multi-directional. I mean, they they don't make turns. They just kind of zip one way and zip another. It's kind of amazing stuff. This Navy official, I think his name was Bray, um, he was presenting the images and the videos, and um, he, he said, we... we call them unmanned aerial vehicles because he said we don't think they have people in them but we're not sure he said but the military does not know what the object in the first video that one that zips past the um, fighter jet we don't know what that is he said very honestly but he did say that he said there have been about at least 11 near misses between u.s military aircraft and these uh, unexplained um, objects in in the sky, and he said our U.S. military has not tried to communicate with these objects, um, including the objects that he was showing these guys, our congressmen, and so on, the people on the committee. He said we haven't tried to communicate with them because he said we are. Uh, uh, he said they may or may not be in controlled flight, and so. Uh, very interesting. Interesting in that respect. The United States, and you kind of wonder. I mean, I, I we live in such a complex world. You kind of wonder sometimes: Are they putting this out there for our congressmen, or are they telling Russia and China what they want Russia and China to think? I, I don't know. I just have to wonder. I have a kind of a curious mind sometimes, but. Um, 
Interestingly enough, you may have heard this over the weekend, the United States Air Force conducted a successful launch of a hypersonic weapon off the coast of California. China has been talking about the fact that they have this hypersonic uh, kind of a rocket you can put a nuclear warhead on. And they were saying, I don't know if it was confirmed, but China was saying recently, just in the last month, that they had sent this hypersonic weapon that they have around the Earth in, I don't know, so many minutes. I mean, just a matter of minutes and around the world. And it had hit it come back around near China off coast and hit missed the target that they had out there by about 20 miles. And the scientists were saying that was pretty remarkable uh, at this stage of development. And there was a big deal made out of the United States not having a a hypersonic weapon. Well, now apparently we do. And we did at the time, but they didn't say anything about it. But it was tested over the weekend, and I guess very successfully. It flew at five times the speed of sound. We live in an interesting world, I'll tell you for sure. Sometimes, you know, we just, I mean, the things that are going on in our world could just freeze us right in our tracks, I mean, out of fear. And this is not unique to us, but it is certainly a part of our life. Generations before us have lived through their own matters of fear and situations that they couldn't quite grasp. But the people of God have always turned to the Lord. And the Lord has encouraged from the very beginning of the writing of his word. As Moses jotted down what we read in the first five books of the Bible and other writers that God inspired and used to bring us his infallible word without without error. God has always said to us, no matter what the times are, no matter what's going on around or what you perceive to be going on around you, God is in control. And he says that in many ways, but that is the message. God, when asked, Lord, they're asking who you are, what shall I tell them? He says, tell them I am. God is over all. He's over everything. That's why Isaiah, the old prophet, many years ago, He said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Many years later, Paul would write to the Romans in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a verse that many of you have memorized. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. If we stay in the purposes of God, all things are going to work together for good according to God's purposes. That's the best we can do. So rather than trying to control our circumstances, we all do from time to time, and say, man, I'm going to try to, you know, not that we should be passive and in denial, but that we should be engaged, that we should be alive, we should be salt and light, we should be a light, a candle in the darkness, we should be a voice in the noise, we should be a restraint to the decay, the salt. We should be all of these things. God has told us to be that. Jesus said, I I call you, I state that you are my followers, you are salt and light in a decaying world. So, 
But we look at all this stuff that's going on. Just know that God is in control. Turn to him. Lean on him. But don't remove yourself from the process of life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And we look around and we say, man, this doesn't look very abundant sometimes. But it's found, the abundance is found as we walk with the Lord in our daily relationship with him and trusting the Lord. We look at things and sometimes we say, man, I can't understand that. We know that God understands it. And if we trust him and have faith and walk in our faith in God, who is truth himself, Jesus Christ is the truth, God in the flesh among us. When we walk in that basic understanding, it's kind of called a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview. When we walk in that understanding, there's peace, there's joy, there's abundance. Everything's going to be fine. God's in control. But let's take a look at what God is allowing to happen. As we look into his word, there was a pregnancy center in Baltimore over the weekend. Boy, it's beginning. We're going to have a summer of outrage, they are telling us. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. Just so, just a heads up. It's going to be happening in cities, particularly here in the Northwest. I can promise you because that's been going on for some time, hasn't it? Pregnancy center in Baltimore, they attacked. It was the Alpha Pregnancy Center over the weekend. Messages were spray painted on the walls and on, so on, on Saturday, threatening the safety of those who work there, they wrote a message on the wall in this pregnancy center, Alpha Pregnancy Center. If abortions aren't safe, neither are you, one message read. Another one said, not a clinic. You're an anti-choice, not pro-life group. On and on it goes. At the same time, Our leadership is failing miserably. Elon Musk, we've talked a lot about him recently. He's trying to buy Twitter. He's offered them, what is it, $44 billion or whatever. It's a lot. And now there's, you know, they're going through some various steps and kind of a due diligence from what I can see. But anyway, he, he was talking over the weekend. He wrote this tweet. And he was really slamming the president. And he's a Democrat. I mean, he votes Democrat. In fact, he mentioned that in his tweet. He said, the real president is whoever controls the teleprompter. This is Elon Musk speaking. He said, uh, he said, um, he said, he, he said, I have voted overwhelmingly for Democrats. But he slammed the Democratic Party and President Biden in particular. He suggested that Biden is something of an empty suit. He said the real president is whoever controls the teleprompter. He said the path to power is the path to the teleprompter. He said, I do feel like if someone were to accidentally lean on the teleprompter, he's going to be like Anchorman. And he was talking about a movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I guess it was kind of well-known. It was a 2004 film, which this guy, I guess the guy in the movie, you probably, maybe some of you have seen it. I I haven't, but I'm not interested in it, but... um, I guess the guy in the movie was the president or something like that, or it was a parody of that. And um, he would just read whatever was written on the teleprompter. Maybe it was a news guy, anchor. Yeah, he would be a news guy, I guess. And he would just read whatever was on the teleprompter, even if it would ruin his career. He had no mental connection to what he was reading. And I will tell you, there is some truth in that. Having spent years in like 20 feet from the newsroom in doing our television program for 12 years originating in a CBS affiliate station 
Um, <laughs> there are people who look like they're looking you in the eye and they're telling you what's happening in your community that are reading words and they don't even connect with those words. If they, When they finish their sentence and walk out of the studio, they can't even tell you what they just read. Not all, but many of them do. And many of them are very calculated in how they read the words, as you know. But nonetheless, he is on that, Elon Musk, today, and he's calling, essentially calling the president an empty suit, and he's saying the teleprompter, whoever is writing the, the words on the teleprompter is running America today. I think he's right, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but it's true. I've been seeing a lot of signs on these pictures from these protests that I haven't seen before. I pay attention to what these people are writing because they're kind of all the same. They're all coming from kind of the same fountainhead of wisdom uh, from the left, so-called. Now, I saw this one sign out there today. In fact, a couple of them. There was one I noticed yesterday in, in the news and, um, and then another one this morning. But one of them says, uh, get your theology out of my biology. Uh, interesting, there's more and more of a connection to biblical views, I mean, in opposition to biblical views. Now they're showing up in these rallies, these anti or pro-abortion rallies. I saw another one that says, preserve abortion at any cost. So the suggestion there is we'll do anything to keep abortion healthy so we can kill our unwanted babies. Boy, I'll tell you, the moment that word leaked out to the public that the Supreme Court would be overturning Roe v. Wade, it became obvious that the left had a well-coordinated plan in place. They do. To make as much political gain out of this situation as possible, leftists went into overdrive. You saw it. I saw it. I mean, the world has seen it. America, who was once known as free and generous and the place where you can go and realize your dreams and you if you work hard and and you know work smart and so on you can you can attain wealth and all of that you know what we're known for now we're known for a stupid nation stumbling around over ourselves trying to figure out what our pronouns are or whether we're a man or a woman or somewhere in between and there are 67.347 kinds of individual or whatever i mean People are looking at us aghast, like, who are these people? And yet we stumble on. We are not only stumbling toward Sodom, we're stumbling toward extinction if we don't change our ways. And I think there is an awakening in America, an intellectual awakening to that. I don't know if it's a spiritual awakening, but I pray that it will be. But there is an awakening to that. These coordinated criminal rampages, they're widespread, they're will do whatever it takes to preserve abortion. This Congresswoman Cori Bush was on MSNBC over the weekend. She made a very interesting comment that caught my attention. I want to talk to you just for a minute about it. I'll come back to that in a moment. Christopher Adamo, he's a author. He wrote the book. I've quoted it on this program before. It's called Rules for Defeating Radicals, Countering the Alinsky Strategy in Politics and Culture. That's Saul Alinsky, who has written in one of the gurus. In fact, Hillary Clinton almost went to work for him in his Chicago office at one time. Uh, Hillary and uh, Barack Obama has taught his rules at in a class at Harvard, and they're great disciples of his and so on. And he's basically 
an advocate or was an advocate about what's going on right now. But this uh, Chris Adamo, he's 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 a prolific writer. He's very hard right conservative. But he said, amid all the contrived hysteria, laws have been broken and the guilty need to be tracked down and prosecuted, including those leftist Democrats on Capitol Hill who fanned the flames of incitement with their grandstanding and lies. Nothing that the impending decision might possibly do, talking about the abortion uh, deal that's coming up, he said might possibly do to change America's abortion laws would uh, would pose an actual health risk to women. But he said that's not the narrative of the left. Instead, they have concocted the image that women will be gravely endangered. That makes for better theater on the nightly fake news. Well, he's right. He went on to say in his article, he said, consider for a moment how this deliberate provocation of the leftist mob with its proven track record of real violence and destruction of private property has played out. He said the very people who incessantly squall about the ostensible right-wing violence of January 6, 2021, he said now do their utmost to fan flames of wrath and vengeance from those who have a real track record of lawless attacks. He's referring to Antifa and these other groups. I mean, that's all they do is just break the law. But there seems to be little to nothing in response to that. That's what he's saying. He said the hypocrisy is flagrant and unfettered. But of course, that is who leftists are. And not surprisingly, he said, real harm has come to the people and property targeted by them. And if anyone doubts that, all you have to do is drive down some of the streets in Seattle and Portland and elsewhere around the country. And you'll still see burned out buildings, broken glass where shop owners have just forsaken their business. Some of them have walked away, said, I can't survive in this city any longer. Remember former Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin's Summer of Love? <laughs> That's how she ca- characterized that when she went to visit, finally, Capitol Hill, Chop and Chaz and all that kind of thing. The radical left is calling for a summer of outrage, and there are more and more voices I noticed over the weekend calling for this. They've started their engines. They're entering the track. It's all in. A summer of outrage. Defend Roe. By any means necessary. It's becoming kind of a theme. Summer of outrage. Abortion activists gathered across the nation on Saturday over the weekend on the 14th. They were protesting the possibility of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade and on and on. This Rachel Carmona, she's president of Women's March. That's kind of the antithesis to the March for Life. It's a pretty big deal, this Women's March. They draw a lot of people, at least some of the time. But she said uh, this on on, on uh, Sunday, on yes, uh, day before yesterday. She said, for the women of this country, this will be a summer of rage. We will be ungovernable until this government starts working for us, until the attacks on our bodies let up, until the right to an abortion is codified into law. Very interesting. Big crowds gathered over the weekend. Cal Anderson Park, Seattle. Summer of rage was kind of launched there, I, I guess. Como TV is, news is saying there were several thousand people there. Looked like a lot of people to me. This Senator M, Emily Randall, uh, state seven, uh, senator in Washington State, she's a Democrat from Bremerton, no relation to me. She said, we have worked tirelessly to protect and strengthen. I do have relatives in that area, but she's not one of them. Uh, We have worked tirelessly to protect and strengthen our access to abortion in the state of Washington. 
She said, she said, but the people behind the scenes, the public servants, she said, are whom we're looking to for leadership. Interesting. The people behind the scenes, the public servants, are the ones who push the buttons, including those surrounding the abortion issue. And they're saying it's not even about a baby. That's right. That's what they're saying. This congresswoman, <laughs> Cori Bush, she's a Democrat from Missouri. She was on MSNBC's readout on uh, last Wednesday evening. And she was she tried to equate enacting abortion restrictions to enacting sperm regulation legislation. She said it's not equity. It's not equal because women are controlled over abortion issues, but men don't have any sperm. I mean, I, I laughed. I thought she was kidding. She wasn't kidding. And they were all in. Fox News picked up on this and, and ran a story on it. And they say that, I mean, they were kind of taken back by it, too. But she began the segment by remarking, she said, the idea that people like Republican Senators Ron Johnson and Ted Cruz are focusing on protests. The protesters say they're the real problem trying to deflect attention when at the same time states are passing laws restricting abortion. Then she said this. She said, opposition to abortion. This is a U.S. representative, Cori Bush. Opposition to abortion care has never been about a baby. It's never been about children, because if it was, we would have better resources for when the child is actually born. But so it was never about this. It's just about control. Is she talking about us or them? About controlling? She's talking about us. But I think she's reflecting the deepest thinking the darkest thinking of the far left. Chris says in his article that I mentioned a few moments ago, they know they're without standing or legitimacy and have no consent of the governed, but which to advance their despicable agenda. That is their inherent weakness, and they know it. He goes on to say in his article, and there, I wrote an article about it and included a lot of his article in mine at Faith and Freedom, andfreedom.us. That's our website. And in it, he says, the problem is that he said they convince us time and time again, us being conservatives and Christians. He's not coming from a Christian perspective, but a conservative perspective. But he said, we conservatives, and that would certainly include Christians. He said, time after time after time, we are silenced because they present themselves as being an overwhelming majority when they, in fact, are not. And that's my point today. Keep in mind, there may be more of us than there are of them, looking at it from strictly a human perspective. But even if not, we can win. There's cases of that in the Bible. I mean, Goliath did not win his battle. But there are. I, I don't think America is how they cast us, and we're not whom they say we are on issues, moral issues, like abortion. Hey, thanks for being with me today. It's always a privilege. Your support makes this program possible, and we need it right now. Thank you for standing with us. I'll see you tomorrow.